Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to oh, I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick all trouble Out the door Beat out old trouble and drunk Here we go. This is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR. The pleasant old people have left the studio and the grumpy old man has arrived with the very pleasant (laughs) middle-aged Dale Empress Bridge. How art thou, Dale? I'm reasonably well. How are you, Joe? I feel like a spruker at a show. Yeah, I don't know why. (laughs) I think it was the chocolate. Mm. Now, our guest, who we introduced in a minute because we want to be rude to him, mm-hmm. he thought that I gave him peanut and chocolate for because I'm a nice guy. <laughs> Dale knows I'm not a nice person. The main reason, the main reason he, uh, I gave him the chocolate was so he could fill the holes in his teeth so he wouldn't whistle during the interview. <laughs> <laughs> the big holes, ain't you? Exactly. Yeah, lots of uh, trouble. Brett, 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 it's not television, mate. And, and it's not on the web. It is on the web. We are streaming live on 3cr.org.au and we are podcast. So if you humiliate yourself often enough during the interview, you can re-listen to it and get your family and friends to re-listen for all eternity. Mm. Now, we have... Now, I'm terrible with names, Brett. Now, you can slap me if I'm wrong. Brett Hennig. Yes, well done. It is Hennig. Hennig. Everyone spells it on but it's not. It's Hennig. Yeah, it's not Hennig. Where's that come from? I think it's German. You think? Uh, German, Danish. German, Danish. Um, There was a few Hennigs in South Australia in the late 1800s. um, The male side is probably from there. Were you one of those weird religious folk? Were you the Hennigs who came? I hope we were the winemakers or something. No, well, (laughs) most most of the immigrants that went to South Australia in the Mm. the early days were just weird religious folk. Nothing wrong with weird religious folk. They were were weird German German religious folk. folk. Mm. Yeah, well, that's it. So how old are you? How old am I? 45. 45. Yep. So what year were you born? Uh, 1971, 46 in... You're just a veritable youngster. Yes. Is he older than you, Dale? By one year. By one year. Oh, Dale's the youngest person in the studio today. (laughs) By one year. Not that it means much. Now, we only asked one question during this interview. (laughs) How old I was, that's it. No, 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 that's that's just just the appetiser. The main meal, there's only one question, you have 54 minutes to answer it. (laughs) There are no musical interludes, there's no community announcements, Mm. and Dale's not going to help you because she's not that type of woman. You know, she's nailed the door to keep you here. And the question is, it's very simple. You can't think because it is live radio. We don't pre-record. This is live. What's the earliest thing you remember about being on planet Earth? 
the earliest thing I remember being on planet Earth. Yeah, and speaking of the microphone, all right. Sure. Uh, trying to think. Probably uh, in a backpack walking through the city or something. In on a the back, like, like a baby carrier on the back of uh, my father, probably. Is he some type of hippie or something? Yeah, I reckon. I don't know. He's Is never he seen for years. You haven't seen him for years? No. Is he, you think he's alive? He is alive. He's alive. Mm. Yeah, I won't go into that. No. What type of father was he? <coughs> Can I say that? <laughs> sure. Complete bastard. Complete bastard. That's fair enough. And uh, is your mum still with us? Yes, she is. She yeah. is. And what type of woman was she? Uh, she was a hard-working mum, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, clerk. Grew up in the country. She was born in Scotland. In Scotland, right. Came out on a six-week boat trip uh, after the war, the uh-huh. Second World War, uh-huh. uh, via Ceylon, as it was called was then. It, was it a ten-pound pom? She was a ten-pound... Ten yeah, pound the way stock. you made it. Yes. Yeah, the way, the way you made it is if she just did a boat trip to Australia. <laughs> she was five years old at the time, so yeah, yeah. Um, her parents yeah, uh, took her out here and they yeah. landed a job in the country. Uh-huh. Um, she got teased for her Scottish accent profusely, I think. Oh, I don't believe that. I know, Australia. Australia, exactly. I mean, we're not Such like a welcoming that. country. We're very welcoming, that's right. Um, We've welcomed you, Mob, from the bloody vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. then, uh, mm, yeah. She's still with us? She's still with us, yep. Is she living locally or? Uh, Hampton. So Hampton. not too far. Um, that's, that's a nice place to live. For, yeah, for yeah, yeah, sure. Any brothers and sisters? Yeah, a couple of brothers. A couple of brothers. Older? Older. Mm. Did they pumble you around a bit when you were sure, a kid? Sure, the oldest one did. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't take after his father, did he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't go down there. Whoa, uh, we have hit a, a gold mine here, a gold mine, because, uh, Brett wanted to know whether we actually had a couch, <laughs> but I said we don't psychoanalyze. We just, we're just humiliated. Feels like it already. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not like that. Nobody's interested, mate. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's interested in your family because they've got families too. Mm. And most of us have things we'd prefer not to have experienced. But sure. That's what makes us. Yep, for That's sure. what makes us what we are. That's for the sure. key. I'm sure Dale would agree. Indeed. Indeed. She's chewing away there. I don't know what she's chewing on. It's your chocolate peanut. Uh, no, 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 no. That wouldn't last long with yeah. Dale. <laughs> she's got a prodigious appetite. <laughs> yeah, in many regards. Now, getting back to you, mm. getting back to you, young man. So where, young, were you, where were you born? I was born here in Melbourne. In Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Springvale. Springvale Hospital. That's Way back in the time. Hospital. Not anymore. It turned into a migrant refuge, I think, yeah, in the yeah. 70s or 80s. Yeah. Um, and obviously, um, what's the age difference between you and your brothers? Uh, my brother, oldest is 68, and the other six, uh, so 69, so two, three years. No, born in 68. <laughs> Sorry, I was just doing a mental calculation. Oh, yeah, right, that's okay. A couple of years. Three yeah, years to yeah. the oldest, three and a half. Dale, I, I wish to um, put in a complaint. What's that? Brett touched me. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm, sure, I'm sure if you let him talk more, he'll touch more people. That's right. You gave me a nice back rub when you came in. I thought I'd just try to return the favour. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. So, all right. So, your mum's basically a single parent with three kids. No, she's remarried. Remarried. So, you, no. you had a... Stepfather. Father. Yep. 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 I won't ask you about him. Can I ask about him? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 let's put it this way. Your mum kind of taste in men wasn't your taste in fathers. Um, no, I didn't get much uh, male affection from that. Yes, yeah, so right. It's yeah, um, difficult. So, how old were you when your stepdad moved in? Uh, 
He was about six. It's all... I was about six. You were about six. He was, he was about, about six. six. No, that's a bit of a true. worry. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> and he was actually a friend of the family before that. Right, right. So he was actually Uncle Alan. Uncle and Alan. And then my Uncle Alan then married became, my mother. And became and your dad. In. Yep. Hmm. How did a six-year-old cope with that? Uh, I don't have that stronger memories, actually. Right. Mm. Um, mm. My eldest brother was more greatly affected. Right. Um, mm. Yeah, it was a bit weird, but and I did feel a bit special until you find out that actually stories like this are very common. And that's right. Um, yeah. yeah, they're very common. It's. Uh, I mean, what is it, about 40 to 45% of uh, relationships mm. and marriages break up and the yes. children are the uh, collateral damage? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we survived well. My mother, I have a great deal of respect for my mother who, yes, more or less raised us and looked after us and uh, was a very strong, independent woman, I think. Well, it takes um, a lot of energy and effort, especially during that period, because it was only... Uh, Yes, it was 75 till 77. Mm, very difficult. Um, yep. Mm. So where did you go to, did you go to a kindergarten or somewhere? Sure, yeah. I did, I did. I can't remember the name, but it was out in Mulgrave. And Mulgrave? has since been, the school I, the primary school I went to is yeah. now a housing estate. Uh-huh. So um, Mulgrave, postcode 3170. Wow, done. Yeah. Wow. Do you Mulgrave, have a, yeah, a database of postcodes in your head? Or is that <laughs> give me any suburb and I'll give you the postcode. <laughs> if, wow. If I don't know, I'll make it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what was, that, so, what was life like what, in a little little in, at the verbs, at the verbs. In a kindergarten, do you remember anything? Um, putting on fire hats, running around, I don't know, sounds climbing good. the yeah, lake, good. running, mm. jumping the fence and running to my mother who was in the canteen after she was kinder. in the canteen. She was working the canteen at the school. Oh, so. so you snuck a packet of crisps now and then, didn't surely, you? Surely, surely. Yeah, a lolly. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Uh, I don't know, That's Walking the streets uh, with my bigger brothers, as you were allowed to do back... Well, in those days. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. days. My, my, what, were you, look, were your brother kids to beat up or something? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, thunder and lightning, these fun little games you play. Uh-huh. And where'd you go to primary school? So it was, uh, what was it called? Waverley Park Primary School. It Waverley was Park, very nice. Mm. Yeah, nice Waverley Park. That's the Hatfield. See, Hatfield is the uh, Turak of Broadmeadows. <laughs> Waverley Park is the Turak of <laughs> Mulgrave and Glenway. It didn't look like the Turak. Of yeah, well, no, no, but in terms of your neighbours. So you realise that you were brought up in the geographical heart of Melbourne. Yes, indeed. I'm aware that out down yeah. Long Way is... More yeah. or less. Nowadays, maybe back then when uh, back there was then. a gap between Dandenong yeah. and Cranbourne and yeah, yeah. between Dandenong and Pakenham. Yeah. Well, I was up, I was on Tuesday, I was up right up to Bitten. And it's just amazing. Mm. Just house after house Goes after on. house after Goes house. After we drive house. through there now and my kids go, look, it's the Simpsons. Anyway. It's the Simpsons. <laughs> Oh, kids. Well, we'll get to that. Yes, we'll sorry, jumping the gun, am I? No, 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 that's fine. Did you did you do excel at anything at primary school or just just um, I remember doing advanced mathematics at primary Ad- school. Excuse me, advanced uh, well, mathematics? They would take a group of us aside and we'd get problems like how do you make a cube? How do you make a some kind of shape that uh, out of a flat piece of paper and cutting it up and Doing all this kind well, of stuff. You're pretty talented then. No, I just good at maths. <laughs> well, that's been talented. I mean, you know, getting numbers and getting them all together, and I can't even work out a square root. <laughs> I mean, you've done really well. I mean, I was pre-calculator. <laughs> we do it in our heads. So way back when, yep. So 
And then obviously you went to some type of secondary college or high school? Yes, yeah, I did. Mm. I actually went to a boys' private school. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, jump hang on. Gun, no, 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 I'm a bit concerned here. All right. Three kids, mum's doing most of the work. Mm. Did you get a scholarship? Mm. Ah, what did you get the scholarship for? Uh, I know they just do a big exam and you go mm. in and sit the exam and mm. they pick 10, 11 kids and yeah. you get to go for half price or something. So what they do is what they do is they cherry pick, mm. cherry pick the working class kids mm. to indoctrinate them in the mm. philosophies and the ideology of the ruling class. I like that. Yeah, yeah I'm glad that failed. <laughs> <laughs> So they say, so, well, do you remember your first day at this private boys' school? Do you want to name it or not? <laughs> oh, no, you make me wince. Uh, at Taylorbury, Taylorbury College. Taylorbury uh, College, down there. Keysborough. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. Keysborough. Yeah. Big sporting field. Yes, yes. Yeah. Multiple sporting fields. So um, grade 7. Can you remember that first day? Oof. Did you have a little uniform on? Yeah, I had to wear a tie, you know. Jesus, yeah. it was a. Uh, 13 year old or whatever it's 12 year old uh-huh. and did you, did you feel an affinity for the ruling class <laughs> as you walked at that through stage that? I was blissfully unaware of that phrase I you weren't um, unaware you, you weren't you weren't kind of snubbed at as the scholarship kid from down um, the road I didn't make it known I don't think anyone made it publicly known so no it was just it was your own, own secret yeah. your little secret that's that's what you like to keep you like to keep it to yourself you <laughs> don't want to destroy your credibility you know, yeah, <laughs> with the right. in crowd so obviously we're talking to a genius here <laughs> scholarship <laughs> material at, you know before he goes to secondary college so what did you did you continue excelling at maths in secondary college mm, yeah it was always yeah. pretty easy what so you were in the big boys class were you um, did all the big problems I don't know. They didn't have actually uh, separate classes there. At what? Uh, How? They didn't have separate no, classes? Not, no, they didn't have any, not that I remember of. Any well, they just wanted to keep you all on the same level, did they? Yeah, we're in the same class, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Of course, they had prizes every year and things like this, so, you know, it was prizes. very, yeah, yeah. yeah, you got the prize at the end of the year, all this kind oh. of stuff. For maths? Uh, academic no. prizes, academic also prizes. sports prizes, of course. Excuse me, excuse also me. S- sports Prizes? Yeah, I'm probably sure. They also give sports scholarships. No, I didn't get it. Oh, that's what I was wondering. No, 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 no. I didn't know they had sports prizes. I didn't know they had sports prizes for tiddlywinks and, you know, bot shit. I love sport. I did play lots of football. Did you? What position? I was a rock. You know, I used to like being rock or rock rover, but they'd often, more than often, put me in the back flank or something. You weren't the last kid they picked when the kids picked. Not always. I was determined, I think. I didn't have the skills, but I had the no fear of mud, uh-huh. that's for sure. So you spend the whole six years there? Yeah. So you don't have to do a scholarship every year? No, once you get in, oh, you have to just maintain some standard. standards. If yeah. you drop drastically, yeah. I assume they'll try to kick you out. But yeah, well, you don't want to adulterate the marks. Did you um, grab one of those academic prizes? Yeah, occasionally got some of those prizes. My I, God, um, my God. I mean, that, this is a big achievement. I'm not <laughs> big achievement. I'm talking. To, I'm talking to intellectual equal here. I used to get, <laughs> used to get academic prizes, but mine yeah. was a. I didn't go to a bloody private school. Sure. I went to a public school. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd like to make that clear, listeners. Yes, yes. Salisbury sure. State High, toughest school in Queensland. Great, great. I would have been at. Uh, what was the school? I would have been at Kunawara. Kunawara, no, yeah. At Noble Park. Noble Park. Called? Yeah, that's a nice tough school. Mm. You mm. would have toughened you up. You yeah, so pretty boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about my earrings. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm sure you were just you know one of these fair-skinned Scots boys. You know, Scots and Germans, mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. the same, isn't it? Yep. 
I mean, you know, Viking blood and all that stuff. <laughs> so um, you finished year 12. Yep. You did pass. I did pass. Now, this is... This is... This is very unusual. Most of our guests are expelled. We even had one guest who was expelled at uh, preschool. Wow. And, you know, they usually leave at grade 10. But here yep. you are. You've obviously, you can choose any university course you like. Or did things kind of fall backwards? Uh, in the I last just chose bit? Monash because it was close, really. Yeah, close to Margrave. Yeah, but obviously know. you got a big good school. Science engineering. You chose science engineering at Monash. Yep. Why? Um, it was either, when I was a kid, I thought I wanted to be a doctor after watching Quincy M.E. I vaguely remember being inspired by that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, uh, I got turned off the whole medical biology career. And then, um, I remember getting my first Vic 20 uh, at the age of 15 or something in a Commodore 64 and Ooh. got into computers ah. and thought I should do something computer related back in the eighties. So you took the wrong turn, mate. Yeah, yeah. Because you could have done computers in medicine these days. Yeah, sure. You could have done robotic medicine. It's, it's all oh, big sure. these days. No, seriously, yep. you've yep. taken the wrong turn. So sure. So did you, how long did you last at Monash? Mm. Well, from the time I began to the time I officially finished and graduated, mm-hmm. it was approximately 20 years. <coughs> well, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Sorry, I lie. I completely lie. It was only 12. 12? 11. This was just a basic, this wasn't a postdoctoral. Uh, it was a doctoral. Right? Doctoral, yep. yeah. So you did your basic degree. Yep. Right, well, that was Maths nice. and computers. Maths and computers. Mm-hmm. And then you did your masters. Uh, straight you to PhD. Straight to PhD? How come you did honours or something? Yeah, honours, yeah. Obviously, you so, know, yeah. a man of your talent would <laughs> have to do honours. <laughs> Everyone has to do honours. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you want to do post Yeah, that's right. So, well, so. 12 years in the university, that's, you may have learned something about life, did you? Yeah. Did, did you yeah. get involved in any extracurricular activities? Ah, uh, sure. I was in the Filmmakers Collective, then uh, Jeff came along in VSU and I got politicised. You got politicised because of Jeffrey? Yeah, Jeff did a good job politicising people, maybe. Did he? Yeah. Well, how did he politicise? Um, how did it affect you? Uh, VSU, maybe, Voluntary Student Unionism Bills. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which directly affected clubs and societies, and mm. I was uh, heavily involved in a couple of clubs there. Um, and maybe had my eyes opened slightly. Mm. Um, at university. At university, yep, for sure. Um, mm. Not too wide. <laughs> but no, no. the but path began. But enough. enough. The path began. The path began. The path to personal ruin began. Yes, yes. Someone handed me a new internationalist one day or something, oh, and then I was oh. gently induced. Induced uh, in the wrong direction. <laughs> Let's get back to things more sobering, like your doctoral thesis. Mm. Was it, obviously, it wasn't by coursework, was it? No. No. So no. what was the thesis about? Uh, it was about modelling solar structures, magnetic structures on the sun. Um, so solving the equations that balance the forces in these structures and solving them in a unique way. So did you make a contribution to new knowledge? Probably not. <laughs> well, you're supposed a, a very, to. It's a very to. little one. Well, you're yes, supposed know, to. The doctoral candidate. Sure, sure. There were a couple of papers published. but um, what, what respected journals? Uh, solar physics. Mm-hmm. Peer-reviewed, obviously. Yes. And obviously yeah. the professor got... First billing, you're right. Uh, ah, uh, no, he no? got second billing. He got second yes, billing. That's, yes, that's got to be original work. <laughs> that's pretty good of him. Yeah. That's pretty good, yeah. yeah. I don't think my professor got any billing when I did my doctorate, but oh, that's yes. a different... Yeah, that, what field, can I ask? 
a doctorate of medicine, obviously, yeah. Melbourne University. Yeah, yeah. Not not Monash, obviously, and not mm. a PhD. You know, you know about the academic procession, don't you? No, tell me. You don't know about the, the academic, academic procession. You don't know how hierarchical. Oh yeah, sure. The universities are. Sure, sure. Yep. Yeah. Well, you'd be at the bottom the of the G5, line. The G five, the G eight. What's it called? Oh, I don't know. You'd yeah. be you'd be at the back of the line, being a PhD. You know, yep. back of the line, <laughs> back of the line. Doctorate of medicine. We're first. Sure, for sure. In line. Yes, you know, that's yes. the way it goes. Now, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of people do uh, doctoral work. Mm. Very few make contributions. It's like a factory these days. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yep. Nowadays, yeah. Um, it's kind of a you need a higher degree if you want to get certain types of jobs, that's for sure. So obviously you were totally unemployable when you got your doctorate, were you? Mm. Um, no, they, they gave they got some place in the wheels of capital. Capital. <laughs> Nothing wrong with capital, mate. So what, you, you, you flogged your soul to the corporate sector, did yep. you? For a few years. Yep. For a few years. And for what sure. were you doing? Software engineering. Programming. Computer programming. Computer programming. Yep. After you do a doctorate on magnetic whatever solar business, you're stuck into computer programming. Yeah. Isn't that a waste of your talents? Probably. You should have been in some type <laughs> of postdoctoral research. What, did kids come along there and you need to make a living or something? Yeah, um, partly that. Uh, also, love came along and dragged love. me sideways. So love. Yes. Love. Yeah, that thing. L-O-V-E, <laughs> that four-letter word. Yes. Love. <laughs> and how old were you when this happened? <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. The love, not 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 the extra, <laughs> just the love, yeah, the love of your life. Not the four-letter word. Yeah. Uh, that was around 28, I was. Yeah, what, did, did you kind of look at each other in the laboratory or something? Uh, she was also in the Astro Group at Monash. Uh-huh. The mm, Astro Group. group. Yeah. What was the Astro Group? The Astrophysics Group, so mm. stars, so solar were. physics. So it does rub off, isn't it? Yes. You usually fall in love with somebody at work work or someone. They have a saying for this in astronomy and astrophysics, the two-body problem. The (laughs) two-body problem. (laughs) Specifically for female scientists, of course, because they... uh, there's so few of them, and the fact that oh, a large percentage of these people marry within the field, then for their career to go further, you have to find a place that will take two bodies and not just one. Mm. Um, if the woman is not to give up her career, didn't know that. Mm. Live and learn. Yeah, so both of you have to work for the same corporation. <laughs> well, if we wanted to go into post into research, we would yeah. have to into research. Yes, yes we have to find the same research. university. And, and it's very competitive, being seriously. Yep. Getting any type of research grants these days. Yes. It's really been squeezed. Yep. Yeah, because uh, there's not much original research left at the universities, which is not corporate funded, is there? Uh, in astrophysics, there is. Well, it's one of the few make... fields where you can't actually make much money. money. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Although saying yeah. that, there, I mean, of course, there's overlaps, but, you know, yeah. if you're a cosmologist or you're studying stars, then mm, <laughs> unless you're going to try to mine an asteroid or something, but that's still... Well, uh, well, you could sell that. Sure, yeah. Can sure. I come on board as a director? <laughs> mine an asteroid. I think it's I already like been, do- been talked about, but, you know... Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, as it comes flying past, we just... Yeah, they just landed Phoebus uh, on one, didn't they? That, yeah. that uh, lander yeah. that they attached to one and... Because um, yeah, is it moon dust more expensive than diamonds? Isn't it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, you should know as an astro <laughs> corporate astrophysicist. Was was past tense. Yep. Excuse me. You're no longer an astrophysicist. No, no. Well, after I graduated, worked into moved into the corporate sector for a few years. My partner got 
a one of the best postdocs you can get at uh, Cambridge University. So you're off to the UK. How many kids in tow? None at that time. None. <laughs> yes, and we were free look, to move. Look, obviously, you're a loser and she's a winner. Yeah, exactly. So, so what was she doing her postdoc in? Uh, asymptotic giant branch stars and the nuclear reactions that go on inside them. Is there any money in that? <laughs> well, uh, she got an income, <laughs> but she's not yeah. going to be making any corporate profits. I think that's for right. sure. So this is how long were you down, down at Cambridge for? Uh, three and a half years. What was that like? Uh, that is a very interesting place to live. It's very divided, of course, as you could imagine. They talk about town and gown. So there's the townies and then those with the gowns. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to do inverted commas here, but of course you can't see that. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, so there's a high degree of inequality um, and you, we were obviously on one side and to experience the other side was, was interesting and was yeah, also... It was a mixed marriage, wasn't it? There was a gownie and a townie. Yeah, in some <laughs> sense. Although I was, you know, when well, you're you partnered with a, a gownie, you're, you're in the in crowd, you know. You're in the in crowd, you're, you're there you by, know. you know. Yep. Yeah. Free ticket into the port drinking at the college after... Port drinking? Does oh, that really occur, does it? Oh, yeah, they have people who... Their, well, not their job position. They go out and taste all the ports, all the wines, got to choose the best ones for the college dinners. Really? They do have college dinners and port? And lots what of archaic I... rules, and you can't step on the grass at King's College, and you can't do this and that. And mm. So um, how, how, did, how did a house husband entertain himself during these three and a half years? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Excuse me, Dale. Do you mind? People could have heard that. No, my microphone was off. Good. Wash your mouth with soap and water, woman. He's not that type of bloke. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so I did indeed become a well, house husband at that right. time. A house husband, yeah, I thought you would be. Yeah. Um, How did you feel about that? Ah, uh, it was great. It was a. Uh, what, you had kids by then, didn't you? The first one came along in Cambridge, uh-huh. born in Cambridge. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And I had a job in Cambridge as well, actually, as a software engineer. There's quite a ring of industry around the university, of course. Um, but when the first child came along, uh-huh. my partner actually enjoys her work, and uh-huh. I was just programming computers. So I mean, I think I should stay at home and became a house dad. Became a townie. That was 15 years ago. 15 years ago. Mm. How old is your son now? 15, is he? About to turn 15, yeah. He's got a big problem, hasn't he? <laughs> I mean, with the citizenship fiasco, the fact that he's... <laughs> he's he, he <laughs> dual citizen, so... The fact uh, that he was born in Cambridge, the, the big problem there. He's gonna, <laughs> what's he going to renounce? His Australian citizenship or his English citizenship? <laughs> what do you reckon? It's actually, yeah, it's more complicated. My partner is Italian, so his dual citizenship is Australian-Italian. <laughs> uh, so she's not an Australian citizen. She's not an Australian. Well, she is now. But, she is now, uh, but she wasn't when he was born. No, no. Poor kid, you'll never become prime minister of this great land. <laughs> what, what have you done to him? That's yeah, child abuse. You, you can renounce apparently before you yeah, well, become a politician. Yeah, but you know how it is to renounce. <laughs> but I hope he doesn't become a politician. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, I was thinking of. Um, Mate, it's only 4.28. We've got another 30 minutes. Sure. Relax. Sure, sure. I know what's going on. Yeah, Relax. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I know. Yes. I know. It's all right. Dale knows. Yes, we all yes. know. Well, she doesn't really know. But <laughs> Just talking politicians. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's interesting. Poor, poor chap. You know, you've, you've kind of cut him off at the knees. <laughs> How about the other boy? <laughs> yes, uh, boy or girl is it? The second child. Uh, boy. Yeah, how old is he? Uh, Luca is 12. 12. Don't tell me he's got three citizenships too. Only two. Only two. What are they? Uh, 
Italian, Australian. Mm. We all have dual citizenship, the whole family. So whole family. we have a vast collection of passports. I can't believe this. I'm talking to a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> a man who's far the traitor to get a citizenship for the, of the planet. But have you read, the const- you read Section 44 of the Constitution? <laughs> I mean, people like you have got to be very careful about <laughs> I, mean, I think we should be... De- but you haven't got dual citizenship. Yes, I do. I'm officially also Italian. Parlo anche italiano. Perché? 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 Perché sei italiano? Perché sono italiano. Perché sono italiano. Tu sei anche italiano. Sono italiano. Sei germano. Germano? Eh. Ah, I forgot German. Tedesco. Tedesco, sei tedesco. Non sei italiano, sei tedesco. Ok, sorry. Dale, it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. I don't give a shit about our listeners. This, this is our program. It's not theirs. Okay. Do you care about the listeners? Uh, do you care about the listeners? Oh, I'd love to think they're enjoying this. <laughs> Look, it's 4.30. Whether you're enjoying it or not, this is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. This program is podcast, and if you do want to access the podcast, you can go to 3cr.org.au. And, and I'll get it wrong, our special guest on Radical Australia is Brett Hennig. 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 <laughs> Hennig. Close. Close. Nearly. Hey, Dale's German. Ah. <laughs> no, I just studied it. Uh, you speak German, don't you? Yeah, I studied it, but I'm not German. Aren't you? <laughs> I you were German. I'm, unfortunately, I'm as skippy as they come. Mm. Skippy as mm. they come. You sure you've got dual citizenship? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to escape. Oh, totally. All right. Okay. So Find an Italian if you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you mean the Italian government is giving you citizenship because you married an Italian? The Italian government gives citizenship easily to... People who fall in love and people who have kids, um, not like the Australian government. Mm. It's had, disgusting. We had major dramas and expense and uh, a lot of effort. What, to get back here? No, to get a citizenship for my wife, my partner. It is, yeah. Mm. Well, she's a respected astrophysicist with many publications to her name. And obviously we don't want that type of intelligent <laughs> person back <laughs> in this sure, country. Sure. They may ask questions. Yes. We don't want those, those type of people yep. here, do we? Yep. And it could all be a scam, our having children. And, oh, you know. yeah. All right. Okay. Mm. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I'm a bit concerned here, Brett. You know, you're a house husband in Cambridge. You're, yes. you're a brilliant mathematician. You've got a <laughs> doctorate of something in something, <laughs> in molten metal or something in the sun. And... You drag your wife and two kids back. What's wrong with you? Why didn't you go and live in Italy? Before the other two kids came. The other two? Mm. How many you got now? Four. Four. Oh, my God. You're sure not an Italian Roman Catholic, eh? <laughs> <laughs> the twins weren't planned, but uh, they thought they'd be two people instead of one. So. Did they? Oh, fair enough. But why didn't you go and live in Italy? We have every now and again. Uh, we've spent a few months there. What, with um, your rallies? Yep. In North Italy, Torino. Oh, I'd expect they'd be from Turin. Home of Fiat. Yeah, well, yeah. Home, home of the intellectual Italiano. Milano, home of, uh, Turin. Working class movements as well. Si, very si. interesting. Big working history, class movements, yes. especially since the closure of almost closure of Fiat. Yep. Now, so you come home, you've got four bloody kids, yep. your wife's bringing in the money. What are you doing? Mm, um, what was I doing? Deciding that uh, other than just reading about the state of the world, I should try to influence it. What? Um, I should try to change things. <laughs> um, 
Well, you decided to become an activist. Basically. At your age with four kids. <laughs> and uh problem with a dual citizenship. No, that problem was far in the future at that point. All right. Okay. So, um, so how do you influence society? Yeah. What did you do? Uh, I don't know. I just got involved in the anti-war uh, movement in the UK. What um, anti-war movement? <laughs> well, First World War. <laughs> <laughs> Afghanistan, of course, and then yeah. uh, Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why did you get involved in that? What's wrong with invading these people? <laughs> don't they need to be disciplined? <laughs> I'm sure you and our listeners uh, know what's wrong with... No, we don't. <laughs> we want to know from you. Why would you... Here you are, you've got an academic career ahead of you. Behind me at that point. Oh, behind you. Well, your house husband, you had to fill in time. Yes. Uh, obviously what Dale suggested you didn't do, so you went into the anti-war movement. What was it like? Um, well, my first forays were um, interesting. I got involved in the Cam Peace, the Cambridge Peace Club or group. We were just petitioning and uh, the signing things on the street and very, um, yeah, very standard kinds of political activism, go along, organise, try to get people uh, informed about the war, try to mobilise people to go down to marches in London, etc. Um and then one day I came across the groovy kids who were actually blockading and stopping traffic and um, mm-hmm. involved in more direct action type of activities. And Where, in Cambridge? Yes, in Cambridge. So I was a student collective. Mm-hmm. Um, CAM saw Cambridge Students Against the War. Mm-hmm. Um, so started realising the ineffectualness of... Uh, sort of petitioning, lobbying, collecting signatures, and also, yeah, the inspiring nature of actually uh, getting involved in direct action. Oh, tell us some of the direct action you were involved in in England. Now, you're not there anymore, so they can't arrest you. <laughs> uh, so the first ones were, in fact, just uh, blocking traffic, um, causing a nuisance in the, in the city of Cambridge. Um, then... From that, we also went down to London for the arms trades there, um, started trying to blockade some of the the arms trades, climbing on top of trains moving into the arms trade or trying to block the tracks in some way. Um, then, uh, as things broadened, I also realised that there was a detention centre out the side of Cambridge. Um, but for the, for the group I got involved in there... Other than just standing out the front of the gates, there was a group who was trying to support families in there to stand as assurities for bail if they were trying to get out. So I would go and visit some families to get to establish a relationship with families inside and the detention centre. Where, where were these refugees coming from at that stage? Uh, the, family, the main family that I stood for bail assurity was an Indian family. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually they were from different castes and they were... That's why they had to leave. Yep. Um, it's real. I was listening to a. Um, it is a kind of. I can understand why the Muslim religion has made such inroads into Hinduism. I was listening to a Hindu spokesperson here in Victoria recently who was opposing the voluntary euthanasia legislation. You know why they were opposing it? Why? Because it's ordained mm. because of your caste that mm. if you suffer, you're mm. suffering because, because of a of previous life sure. issue. And you need 
to go through the whole suffering. I'm yes. thinking, yep. this is 2017, mm. yes, this is the type yes. of thing Hindu yep. nationalists kind yep. of rant about. I actually went to India in, uh, when I was 20, mm-hmm. which affected me profoundly. Mm-hmm. Why is um, that? Well, the inequality. It made me very aware of mm. the global inequalities and uh, yeah, how rich and fortunate many of us are in Australia, not all of us, of course, mm. um, but how, in comparison, it's... Mm. it's how long were you in India for? Three months. Well, I travelled through Nepal and India. Right. My what, northern UK India? Tour. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Rajasthan and... Uh, you won't uh, ask you. I um, was at the funeral of a very respected 75-year-old woman, mm. and uh, in the early 60s, she was making her living by... Smuggling drugs out of mm. Afghanistan, but mm. that's the way it was. Yes, yep. yeah. And that was a big joke at her funeral. You know, mm. we all had a big laugh mm. about that. Mm. So going back, you've come back to Australia. You're kind of an activist, you know. So where do you land? Back in Melbourne? Uh, no. So from Cambridge, we went to Holland. Holland. Lived in oh. Utrecht for three years. Oh, you know, um, another postdoctoral yes, research. Postdoctoral what was your wife doing there? Yeah, postdoc. What so. Was she doing? Uh, she was working at Utrecht University right. um, in the yeah. astrophysics group mm. there, astronomy mm. astrophysics. Mm. Um, it was another three-year, you know. Mm. Um, How did you cope? Because you wouldn't have known much Dutch, would you? Uh, you don't need to know Dutch. In <laughs> <your> <laughs> no, they all speak English. They English. They've been colonised. I tried they? to speak Dutch and they <laughs> would just refuse. They would uh, just they laugh at you. They'd just it? go, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Poor house husband, it's okay. <laughs> for anyone, for any tourist. Yeah. I, I mean, they speak almost perfect English everywhere. It's, yeah. it's very impressive. So um, was it like Cambridge? There were the Gownies and the Tannies? No, Utrecht was very different, actually, and um, very interesting. The, I got involved in the squatting movement there, not to squat myself, mm. um, but there was a very large squat underneath Utrecht Central Station where they had a large free shop and um, computer tech centre where they would give free internet access and free use of computers. This was uh, way back in 2005, 2004, so mm. free Wi-Fi wasn't, didn't exist back then. People didn't really have home computers yeah. as much as they do now, etc. Um, that was... That really made a big impression on me, uh, the squatting movement there. When it was, it was still legal, it's been uh, made illegal in the last couple of years. It was very wide and impressive and well-organised. And if they wanted to occupy an empty building in central Utrecht, they would put a call out and 500 people would turn up and they would occupy that building and mm. um, bring barricades and the police could not get them out. And I was involved in a few of those actions. Because they're all legal under the law at that particular time? If you, yes, yeah, so legal in theory. Mm. Um, of course, if you turned up with three people, the police yeah, would come and drag you out. Or the, um, uh, the, the owners, bother boys would. would yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you'd need numbers, um, you'd need barricades. Um, mm. uh, once they had that centre, then, yeah, they would turn it into accommodation. Um, mm. And, yeah. So why do you think there was this movement? Is, is this housing an issue? Yes, in sure, very big issue. Um, there's, they have an interesting system in in Holland, in the Netherlands. Uh, if the rent is below a certain level, it has to be run through the state. Um, there's like a waiting list, etc., and then there's a separate system for the high value rentals. Yeah. Um, so you put your name on a waiting list to get an affordable house, basically. Um, and does that waiting list move? 
It does, but it's very slow, of course. Right, it can right, be years, yeah. depending on uh, Not like where. Victoria's waiting list, which is <laughs> fossilised. Yeah, it's sure. 34 years is the latest. Yes, uh, wow. Yeah. Yep. So, but, but there was an opportunity for people to be housed. Yep. Yeah, and there was, yeah, there's, there was thousands of squats. Um, so there was a lot of what, rides, widespread support for the squatters at yes, that time? Yes, yeah, quite. I think it was legalised in the 70s, and mm. there'd been... Yeah, quite, quite significant support. And no one there thought leaving houses empty was uh, a good thing. Everyone had someone who was affected by the, the lack of housing, mm. the lack of affordable housing. Um, so, yeah, most people, you know, a lot of people would be supportive of that, even if, of course, and the government made it illegal. So, um, so but you came back, what, 2008 or seven or something? So from there, yeah, 2008, back to Australia, mm. another third postdoc. Another one? You yeah. got one in Australia? How did yeah. you angle that for your wife? <laughs> did, you have to, did, you, did you have to sleep around or something <laughs> as a house husband? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing like They're that. All They're all men. They're all men. Well, all it doesn't men, make right, Of course, of course. We are an egalitarian community. Yeah, we are, of course. Yes. <laughs> Theoretically. Yep. So you come back in 2008. Yes. And you've been away like six years now. And so... Yeah, we'd been away 2001 to 2008. Mm. Did you notice any differences we, when you came back? Um, <sighs> Just the same things. More bike lanes. That was one good thing I noticed. Mm. Um, mm. No, it's still the same good. awful public transport and... Um, Awful. <laughs> well, compared to Holland or something. Mm-hmm. Compared well, it's to only a little place, Holland. Well, <laughs> you, can fit, you can fit it, what, six of them in Victoria? Yes, or probably. probably yeah, in the whole just, s- people don't understand the distance, the tyranny of no. distance. Yes, it's true. And the tyranny of suburbs, of course. Is yeah. It's all right, Dale. Don't give me that look. It's, 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 a, it's an acceptable phrase, the tyranny of distance. Oh, it's the devil's advocate. Mm, that's a right. A bit of a slap around sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. tyranny of distance. So you come back, 2008, mm-hmm. house husband? House husbanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the postdoctoral for your wife. Yeah. Did yep. you bring in the cash? Uh, enough. Enough to keep you going. Enough to keep you right. going. Did you, get, did you get the foot in the housing market or did you have to rent? Uh, we rented. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. in Abbotsford. It's all right. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, did you squat the, the Abbotsford convert or something? <laughs> I would have liked to. So, what, you've been here all that time now? Nine uh, years? No, we have not. Oh, so, all right, let's get back to 2008. <laughs> so how long did you last the first time? Uh, from 2008, uh, we were here till 2014. and Six years? Yeah, and then we left again. What, did the money run out? Uh, no, my partner got sick of the bureaucracy inside the university, got sick of the... Um, but she's a senior researcher with lots to say and lots of publications. What bureaucracy got to do with her work? Oh, admin and teaching and oh, right. when you're a researcher and you have a passion for doing your research and they ask you also to teach and she doesn't mind teaching but they ask you to, you know, squeeze it into this really time that you have to either do it very ineffectually or if yeah. you try to do it well then it leaves you no time to do So is this, is, is the Australian university system so different to what your wife experienced in Cambridge or, or, um, or it is the Netherlands? far more bureaucratic. Uh, that's for sure. Um, uh, yeah, a bit more nanny-ish, you know. You mm. need permission to do this, to do that, to do the other. Um, uh, but, but more she got offered a, a, a job that was a pure research position mm. back in Europe. Yeah, but before we go yes. there, what did you do between 2008 and 2040? I know you're looking after four kids. Which, yeah, looking which after is, four kids. Which is a lot, of, a lot of work, but yep. obviously what were you doing to keep sane? To keep sane? Well, after... 
being in the UK and seeing the London Anarchist Book Fair and being in Holland and going to what they call Pinkstelandaken, which is an anarchist camp um, they've been organising for many, many years, I thought, Melbourne needs these events. Mm-hmm. So I met uh, Margaret and Peter mm-hmm. of 3CR and Aroundabouts and said, Melbourne needs an anarchist book fair and we need a camp anarchy. Mm-hmm. And we went on to organise them. Um, it didn't take six years. And we organise them every year. <laughs> but so uh, it was something actually that fit well around looking after four kids, yeah. didn't demand too much evening times, uh, meetings are... Evening meetings are quite precious. Um, mm. It's something that's had a finite time frame. You organise a book fair, spend two months organising that, then at the start of the next year you spend mm. two months organising a camp. Mm. Um, and I was very well, do you think, you think it's worthwhile having a book fair these days? I think it's great. I why, think, why, um, why? I mean, I was at the book fair. Yeah, sure. I think it's a, it's a low barrier way in for potential people who are interested in radical politics. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to go to some venue that you might feel hard to walk into or you might um yeah it's you know it's open to the public it's free uh, mm-hmm. there's childcare. there's you can just walk in off the street and walk in and out mm-hmm. um when i went to the london anarchist book fair the first time i was blown away really by the yeah the breadth and depth and just thinking ah there is a movement there is a group of people who mm. yeah maybe um, selling books to each like other me. sure sure <laughs> um but also trying oh, it's to not criticism that. i'm just saying it's a, it's a good it's a good way to get people it, together it is, yep. in a non-sectarian yep. environment yes it's yep. a good way you can actually see yep. people together who yep. you haven't seen for a year who you've been yep. fighting with for the yep. last 12 months yes you're at yep. the book fair and you're all friends yes yes temporarily sure that's yeah. a s- it's very good that's, that's one a- of the sad things i think of mm. the movement though, that the sectarianness it is mm. it is i've always felt it was i've always been um kind of disappointed mm. a lot of people think they've got the answer no sure yeah, it's, it's a big problem yes I mean, people are burdened with the uh, what I call the cross, using a Christian analogy of uh, ideology, but mm. more important, historical precedent. Have you noticed that mm. anarchist movie? Yes, sure. They did it like that in 1878, yes, yes, and yes, we've got to do yes. it in 2017. Yes, yes. And you've missed that comma. Yep, yep. Therefore, you're not an anarchist. It's just, it's. I think it's, it's terrible. It happens to all marginalised movements that they basically spend Maybe. their time. What's yeah. the saying that the right yeah. makes friends and the left makes enemies? Or something? Well, the right makes enemies too. You, yeah, look, sure. you look where but they um, meet their punch-ups and things because of course, of course. You know, and it's not just personalities. Mm. I think it's 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 an, it's the impact of marginalisation that mm. you tend to look inwards. Yep. You don't look outwards, yes. and that's why, as you said, the Anarchist Book Fair looks outwards yep. and allows people to come in, yep. which is brilliant. And, and the Dutch camp that I went to, this Pinsterlandagen, mm. uh, which is on every year if you're over in Europe, go and visit. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's a big community-building event mm. for mm. radical activists. Um, you know, communal food, uh, again, workshops, but also theatre, music, mm. Uh, mm. films, mm. Um, discussions. Mm. Yeah, it's very there impressive. used to be a lot of theatre in Melbourne. Anarchist mm. theatre, it's kind of dissipated. Yep. Now, you know, you're, you read books, do you? I like reading, yes. Mm, have you ever thought of writing? <laughs> I mean, don't you get to the stage where you're sick of reading and you want to write? Yeah, sure. Well, I uh, have, yes. Well, have you written any books? Yeah, I've written uh, The End of Politicians, Time for Real Democracy. The End of Politicians. 
So you're trying to save your children's future, are you? Because yes, you've destroyed their parliamentary exactly, career. Exactly. And that's why you've written the book, yes, is it? Yes, yes. When did you write this? Uh, well, well, I was a house husband. <laughs> that was one of the other you? activities. Um, maybe the ideas started forming about ten years ago, but mm-hmm. I didn't actually sit down and start writing till maybe four or five years ago. So are you talking about the end of representative democracy. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. We're well, well, using the word politician to mean yes. representation, is that? Yes, in that, uh, in that term. In that sense of uh, given a mandate or elections, um, because I think there's a different way to represent. Um, so, so you're not happy about giving a signed blank check to somebody for a, a fixed period, a three or four year period, and then they change their mind like uh, President Groper, you know, he's all for <laughs> Afghanistan. You're not happy to do that, give away your mandate. No, but actually what um, I uh, advocate in the book is uh, a different form of giving away your power. So it's, right. it sits uh, in anarchist critique and thought. It, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't really cut it. But, uh, I've stuck the anarchist critique of thought. Yeah. What are you saying? What um, are you saying? So the idea is called sortition. It's called random selection, and it's uh, was that's a the old Greek exactly. It's the old Greek stuff. That's not new. No, of course. Well, you spent years writing <laughs> this book, and you just stole it from the old Greeks <laughs> when they used to beat people by lot. Yes, exactly, exactly. But tell, uh, tell us about it. What, what, what's what's the idea behind this? Uh, you would randomly select people to. Uh, fulfill their to become legislators mm-hmm. for a fixed term you would rotate through that the, that group of people so every a quarter of the people would rotate out every four years you would make sure they look exactly like society so you would make sure there's uh, gender balance you would make sure there is educational background balance you want a microcosm of society is this something like a grand jury Something like a jury. They call them policy juries. They call them citizens' assemblies. There's one going on in Ireland right now where they've randomly selected 99 people to talk about climate change and the constitutional ban on abortion. It's happened in Victoria. It's happened in Geelong. Geelong. It's happened in the city of Melbourne for their Mm -hmm. 10-year financial plan, Mm -hmm. um, a policy jury. The but they're, 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 it's an advisory group, not, and you're suggesting they're not advisory, you're suggesting they actually power. make they've got yes. the power. Yes. yes. All right. As a step to breaking uh, the hold on the political system of political parties and mm. elected politicians. Mm. What are you going to do about the Australian Constitution? Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, it, would, it, 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 it is based. It is based on. It either requires. You tear up the constitutional change or constitutional change. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's about the mode of selection. So you just have to replace election with sortition. So it's not actually a dramatic change. Mm. It is a dramatic change politically and uh, to actually see what happened would be a dramatic change. But the actual change in the constitution could be quite minimal to start with. So they would actually legislate this group. They actually legislate, would they? Yes. In the proposal. Uh, would there be the power of recall? No. No power of recall. There so might you, be so a power. So, so, it's, so it's a fixed mandate. They would basically be there on behalf of the community for right. their right. two years, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whether there could be a vote of no confidence in them or something is a, another interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- would, there be a, would there be a high court? To sure. sure. There sure. would be sure. A constitutional arrangements. Yes, yeah, sure. Balance so. of powers, etc. Um, would you have age limits? Would you have, could a 16-year-old 
be involved or well, could a 85 year old be involved that's an interesting question yeah. um, I mean you wouldn't want a 4 year old involved would you I guess not um, yeah. but if you're going to pick so there, there would be some type of registration process would there uh, the easy thing would just to be to randomly select these people from the electoral roll um, I would rather see it wider than the electoral roll and just any resident of Australia mm. um, resident and citizen well, I would just say resident, but um, if that's unpalatable, I mean, I'm, ju- I'm just saying, I'm just saying, uh, I'm just looking at the nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. So, so would it be? You'd have to be a citizen because you've got to be a citizen to yes. be on the electoral roll. Yes. If yeah. you're a resident, you're not on the electoral roll. No, sure. On that. Well, you can keep on it if you so desire. If you're a non-resident, I was on it for a while when I was overseas, but um, I'm not anymore. <laughs> No, but, but you're mm. still an Australian citizen. Yes, that's, sure. that's the difference. Yep. If you're not an Australian citizen, you're not on the electoral Yes, mark. yes. All right. Okay. And they would have full legislative power. To make the idea easily communicable and as a first step, as a strategic first step, I would just simply say replace elections with sortition. It's, uh, and then you would have this group that would be a microcosm of society would be full generally of workers and carers and the 1% would literally be only 1% of those people and you'd get them to deliberate and get them to... So it's a legislative jury? Yep. Same process? Yes. Same process? Yes. So would you actually have people saying that person's not suitable, like in a, on a jury selection No, I panel? hope not. No, no. no, no. It just yep. Whatever you get is what you get. Yes. That's your lot. Yep. And would they have the power to declare war? Of course, I guess, if they really thought that was necessary, mm. uh, they would have full... Mm. And how do you stop them being influenced, like politicians are influenced, mm. uh, by external factors, people with money? Well, the hope is that without elections, without electoral campaigns, without the need to curry favour with the media and Spruik, etc., that these people would be more free. I'm not saying that there wouldn't be attempts... Uh, there's always problems. No, I'm, just, yep. I'm just looking at the nuts yeah, and bolts. So yeah. I'm thinking, my thinking is that they would be uh, more independent and harder to influence and corrupt than the current system, system. Um, just by removing elections mm. and removing that need mm. to create and establish a media profile to um, yeah, make sure that people know who you are, etc. Mm. Um, and to you know, get a war chest of money to run an election campaign. To If BHP doesn't like that legislation, they can't run a million-dollar media campaign to try to oust you to the next election because you're just saying, well, I'm here for two years and I'm leaving. Well, um, that'll be it. You wouldn't be allowed to be... Reappointed. No, you wouldn't be allowed to be reappointed. It would be like winning Tats twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Um, all right, that sounds interesting. How do, how do people get this book? Uh, it's available on <coughs> Amazon, of course. Sorry. To Amazon, that's all right. Yeah, no, it's okay. No, Amazon, um, yeah, yeah. There's a few copies at Readings Carlton still. Yeah, and what's it called um, again? The End of Politicians, Time for a Real Democracy. Real Democracy. Yeah. Well, I would debate that, but that's Sure, not, that's of course, thing. of course. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. had various debates. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you would, but it's good to see people putting ideas. Yes. You know, putting ideas and looking at it, because we do have an issue. Yes. Yep. You know, with democracy. You yep. know, if you're not a uh, staffer, chances of being pre-selected are almost nil. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so have you got any um, hopes for your children? Hopes for the kids. Um, well, I'd love to <laughs> hope that they grow up in a peaceful world of equality and, um, yeah. and a real democracy. But mm. um, <laughs> uh, whether that'll happen uh, yeah. remains to be seen. Mm. Um, yeah, of course, 
happiness is <laughs> what what I is, think we can try to give them. What is happiness? What is happiness? Yeah. yeah. Is it freedom sure. from want or is it more than freedom from want? Yeah, sure. Yeah. The ability to pursue what yeah. you desire to pursue mm-hmm. um, and have be economically secure or at least, right. you know. Do you have any um, immediate plans? Tomorrow we go back to Budapest where we live at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What, another postdoctoral no, research this is a, position? No, this is more or less a fixed position. Fixed position? What, uh, the Budapest University or the Buddha or Pest? Which one? It's, well, it's <laughs> actually in Buddha, but we live in Pest. Right. <laughs> um, this, 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 this gown towny thing is happening again. <laughs> again. Buddha and Pest. Uh, it's true. Buddha is the richest side and Pest is the more working class side. So you're living in Pest because you can't afford to live, <laughs> to in, live Buddha, in Buddha. But, but they allow you to allow your wife well, to That's teach. where the observatory is. It's up in the Buddha Hills. All right. um, well, all the best. And, you, yeah, and hopefully when you come back we can have another chat to you. If Love to. Both of us are still alive. Yes, and sure. It was a great pleasure talking to you. It's always good great to talk to, to original thinkers on mm-hmm. Radical Australia. We always... Like to show people where people come from and Thanks why they the think the way they are. No, it was a pleasure and it was a great pleasure. And I wish you and your children all the best and uh, hopefully you resolve that citizenship dilemma for them. <laughs> sure. Thank you very much, Dale. Everybody knows.